It's time for the Drive's Top 4 at 4. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Drive starts, as always, with the Top 4 at 4. It's brought to you this afternoon by Knoxville Smiles. Here is Tucker Harlan. Thank you, Russell. At number one, number five, Tennessee concludes its non-conference basketball schedule tonight against Norfolk State in Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Tip-off is at seven. The game airs on SEC Network. Dave Neal, John Sunvold on the call. Falls are favored by 24 and a half. How do we get Neal? There's not a whole lot of games. I think there's just two SEC games tonight, so that would make sense. Huh. The Norfolk State, as in Norfolk, Virginia, correct? Yes. The Spartans. What level are they? I mean, it's it's a uh, D one. They're D one, yeah. Mm-hmm. They uh they had that upset against Missouri. I forget what year it was when they were like the two seed in the tournament, and Norfolk State was fifteen. Picked to finish so. second in the MEAC preseason poll. This is the last of Tennessee's three opponents that it has never faced before this year. Hmm. Georgia Southern and John Tarleton State being the other two. Jamari Thomas is the guy to watch. He's got six 20-point games this season for Norfolk, has uh, thrice scored 27 points and leads the Spartans, averaging 18 points, 4.1 assists, and 2.5 steals per game. At number two, Tennessee is reportedly moving on from Texas A&M transfer wide receiver Evan Stewart in the recruitment process. Stewart finished with 514 yards and four touchdowns through the air for the Aggies this season. Of course, he has a couple of family ties here as well. Yeah, reportedly. Who's reporting this? Can I, can I on ask? Three. On three? On okay. three. Yeah. I mean, we got Brazel coming in. You got Mike Matthews, and I've heard that uh, the kid from South Carolina has, like, people are, ooh, Braylon Staley. Yeah. Uh, they think he's going to be explosive, a, a much better prospect than we, and he was a four star. Like, people. so you got those guys, you got Webb and Nimrod, you got Leacock, and you got Brew coming back. It sounds like he's going to announce that sometime in the next day or two. Squirrel. What about Thornton? I hadn't heard of him. And Thornton, well, uh, you know. We'll see. Like, there's been some rumblings that he might Scott. He might be on the move again. Well, I don't. Know, I don't know that I, I want him to stay. I don't know that I'm on bending knee begging him to stay. No. It's like Mincy. There's some rumblings now that like Mincy might be looking around again. And with 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 players like that in, in that kind of situation, it, I would think that it would be more of a sit down and be like, look. Mm-hmm. This is what the expectations are. This is what we feel like you have to do to be successful well, here. If you can't do it, no hard feelings. We need receivers. We need offensive linemen. Like, I get I get that, but you got to have guys fully God, bought in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Are you in or are you out? We're you paying more, you yeah. to do Both of those guys are getting NIL. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. You know, you're, you're not getting, babysitting you're paid. This you, is where we want – this is where we're going to play you. At number three, Alabama coach Nick Saban took the blame for Monday night's 27-20 overtime loss to Michigan in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Crediting the Wolverines for a well-played game, Saban said the result was due to the Crimson Tide's lack of execution. We shot ourselves in the foot, Saban said. Saban said the Tide were prepared for Michigan to pressure on the final play of the game and ultimately did not execute. That play was there. 
if you go back and look at it, if that what? snap's not yeah he could have either flared it out mm-hmm. to his running back i can't remember who it was it was it had flared out of the backfield yeah he had the angle but if he had followed the guard the the he could have i mean he could have easily scored was if it, he had ran the right way. Was it in a designed run or was it RPO? RPO. Was it was an RPO. RPO. The throw was there, and then he misread. He just didn't hit the right hole. The, well, the the snap the was low. The out. pressure's coming, and he panicked. And yeah, he panicked. Like, yeah, like if he had rode off on the backside of the guard that had pulled, yeah, he would have gotten in the end zone. What was the final tally on bad snaps for them last night? Five? More than I've ever seen. I mean, they were – that's – that was the other thing that jumped out at me. That just didn't look like the same level of Alabama that no. I'm expecting. You know, even the, for Michigan to play him close, like Alabama teams in the past, like, yeah, a team would play him close, but by the end of the fourth quarter, they would have scored four more yeah, times. Yeah, they, they get it corrected. That was the weird thing. Like, that's about what that I game. thought was getting ready yeah, to happen yeah. last night. So. I don't know. And finally, at number four, the New York Jets are waving running back Dalvin Cook. Cook is restructuring his deal to forfeit remaining guaranteed money. He'll go through waivers and be available to be claimed by the other 31 teams. If he goes unclaimed, he will become an unrestricted free agent. Dalvin Cook, those, those running backs, man, and they yeah they lose a step and it's just off a cliff. Yeah, yeah I mean it. That, that guy, like two years ago, he was right there with Derrick Henry for most rush yards in the league. and He's only 28, too. I know. It's not like he's old, an old man. He's, no. And then the, the what Vikings. Like three or four years older than you. Vikings get rid of him. Oh, then Tucker? Yeah. yeah. So that's what's crazy. Yeah, not much older than me. I, yeah. Yeah. I tell you, Tucker. You're on the Tommy Boy Any sort of huh? athletic wishes you have in life, Better get cracking now, man, because here in a couple of years, you know, your metabolism is going to change. Your testosterone is going to start to drop, and you, you'll you be a, a shell, a shell of the specimen that you are right now. So are you telling me that I need to um, slow down my academic career at Tennessee, walk on for Josh Heupel? You think I, I should Whatever, whatever no, sport you choose. That's, yeah, that's not, that's not what I'm saying Let's at not all. get crazy. I was just, yeah. You know, a little – little diet and exercise you know you want to train yeah. for the iditatrod or uh you know maybe a world walking fast walking do you ever see that like the fast walk? <laughs> maybe maybe I can minimize there, uh, uh the sports media buffets that you're uh, getting ready to heart uh, down maybe well, what was the fair like at, at the citrus bowl yesterday that's pretty good they had let's see breakfast burritos for us okay. uh before the game mm-hmm. and then at halftime they had chick-fil-a chicken sandwiches so and then you had that's actually kind of weak for a bowl game. But uh, yeah. you had some commemorative Cheez-It boxes and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's sitting out there right now, the Cheez-It box. Now that, that Cheez-It riser that the Cheez-It mascot came out of yesterday looked suspiciously I similar the same thing. to the Pop-Tarts toaster. It did. It was played in the same – are Pop-Tarts and Cheez-It of the same corporate – Umbrella. I'm sure because I think like Pepsi and Coke basically own everything. There's a lot of, of the there's two. a lot of similarity between. I gotta hand it to them though. They really lean into their sponsorships for the bowl games, mm-hmm. and I feel like that. Uh, it was fun. It, yeah, it makes it a little bit more interesting for the fans in that regard. All right. Now what, now what was the deal on this? Uh, just real quick, the uh, both. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did Did you see the uh, checks out the bling that? Um, 
Samson hat on after the game. Yeah, the cheese at ice. Yeah, and then somebody said that's that doesn't look plastic. It was one of the announcers said it referenced it. No, he said it was thousands of dollars. Yeah, Cubic zirconia. Something I'm sure pyrite. Our friend here is about to get married is familiar with. <laughs> no, he ain't, oh. ain't putting oh. a CZ on yeah. that finger. She said yes, bro. Like, come be, on, dude. Can't be giving her a piece of plastic. I bought it from a guy in Times Square. He had a bunch of them in his uh, briefcase. It seemed like I put a quarter in. I spun the wheel, and there it came. I gave, I, I gave Bear like money this summer. He said he was going to New York to get you a diamond. It was from in the one of those district. old Flintstones thing. Yeah, but It came out in a plastic egg. What could go wrong? You <laughs> got a fifteen dollar Rolex. It was a great deal. You nervous? I'm not nervous about actually getting married. I'm nervous that I'm going to do something to mess up. Mm. Like, forget to bring a box I from forgot the house to the, the venue or the something. The last wedding I was in at, I was, I wasn't best man or was I best man? I don't know. I was, uh, I forgot the ring. Really? Yeah. I remember that story. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> my brother's wedding. We're up there, man. That was, that was for, an incredible performance I, I, I'm you. standing on the stage with everybody, like the bride's about to come out. And it hit you? Yeah. What'd you do? I walk of shame off the stage <laughs> back up to the place found the ring how far walk, how long a walk was oh, it, it was long bro it was like a and she's a, already started like a two walk? minute walk back up there no you, she was you there disappointed your father and, like and she and she's looking at me just like all right, all right, do what you got to do man probably felt a lot longer than it actually yeah. was yeah the the only saving grace was like and I immediately thought, I was like, you know what? As much as this sucks, like, at least I remembered now. Yeah. As opposed to, like, when it's, like, Three do or four you have later. the ring? <laughs> if, when, when they say, do you have the ring? Yeah. <gasps> no, oh. I don't. And then have to run and get it. Yeah, dude. You won't do anything like that. No. As, <laughs> you won't do anything I'm like shucking that. <laughs> as much responsibility as I possibly can. <clears throat> I don't up. notice. Is there anybody from Fan Run who's a, an official part no, the, we almost had Davey Marius. I'm a little disappointed you didn't have me. I'm ordained. The really? top four at four. Yeah, Universal Church of Lightness and Being. Brought to you this afternoon by Knoxville Smiles. It's where I go for all my dental work. They do it. Knoxville Smiles would never drop the ring. They would never forget the ring. They would never uh, forget anything. I mean, they're just professionals up there. These are the people you entrust really important stuff to. Not boobs like me. KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Check them out. Tell them Fan Run sent you. They'll take excellent care of you and your smile in 2024. We get set to go back to the phone lines, 865-546-8200. Rick Butler, RockyTopInsider.com. He was also. Did you get to hang out with Rick a little? Yeah, I did get to see Rick a good bit down there. You're going to hear from him again here in just a few minutes. Let's get Tom in here next. Good afternoon, Tom. Hello, Russell. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I sure did enjoy that bowl game the other night. Well, it was a great Yesterday. way to start off the year for the Big it Orange. Sure was. What, what do you think about Nico Iamaleava? It's unbelievable, unbelievable. But you know, uh, I was glad Cooper Mays played in that game too. You know. Yeah, glad he was in there. Did you guys notice that uh, Cooper was um, Cooper? Uh, there was a couple of times in between plays where he was a guy that was in Nico's ear mm-hmm. yesterday. 
It was kind of holding his hand a little bit. Yeah, he had his arm right. It was after one of the times he got sacked, he had his arm around him, uh, gave him a pat, and was like in his ear talking, telling him, talking to him. It's a good yeah. partnership right there. Yeah. It's pretty tough with those hard years, you know. And uh, But uh, our quarterback, he's wonderful. <laughs> he was amazing. Uh, I don't uh, think I even showed up for the game. <laughs> they are not an offensively gifted team. Tucker, you were saying it's uh, even worse in, in person. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, the fa- Deacon Hill just does not have any abilities as a quarterback throwing the football. It They're didn't so feel like – slow, just all and, over the field. You know, they, they interestingly enough, they brought in a quarterback – to yeah. uh, replace him, guy and had some success. <laughs> he was yeah, running, he running until, until, until he didn't we throw figured the ball. out, yeah, that he that he couldn't throw, throw the it. ball. Yeah. And then Banks turned Tyree uh, Tyree West loose, and he was done after that hit. That's true, Russell. That's true. <laughs> I sure was amazed at the game, though. I liked it a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's going to be exciting this off season with with Nico and all these guys coming back, but. Uh, going to be fun. Uh, Tom, good stuff, my man. Happy New Year to you. Good to hear from you. Happy New Year, too, Russell. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Yep. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the show this afternoon. El Diablo. No Diablo? No, he dropped. (sighs) We have been rendered Diablo-less on the show. Who's next? Willie. Oh, dear. (laughs) Willie is next on the drive. Hello, Willie. Less Diablos, more Willie. That's uh, evidently what we're getting. Hey, guys, I got a question for you. And, and, and Bear, this is in all, all seriousness. I heard so many people beating up on Dylan Sampson yesterday for his blocking or lack thereof. Mm. Did you hear that, Bear? Yeah. He may have been one of them. Yeah, he's gonna. he's got to work on that. It's one of the few things. He, if, if he gets that figured out. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to be a, a step up guy. We're not expecting him to ever be able to step up and take on an SEC uh, defensive end or tackle who's broken loose. But he, he's he's got to buy. He's got to be able to buy Nico enough time so that a Nico doesn't just take a kill shot from somebody and, and b give him time to. Or keep uh, on. He almost got Hooker killed last yeah. year mm-hmm. at, at LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this has okay, been two years. Here's my question for you. We got all these coaches over there raking in all this money. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that if you're the running backs coach, that teaching your running backs to, to block is part of your job description? Yeah, and they uh, Jabari Small and Jalen Wright both were pretty much pretty ferocious yeah. blockers. Uh, I mean, you come at those guys if you – And I'm sure that's what they're going to – with Samson, they're going to yeah, have, have to come young, to Jesus, Willie. and it's like, look, man, I don't know if youth is an excuse after at the end of your second year. It's an excuse last year. It's an excuse the beginning of this year. But I, I think no, you sit down that, with yeah. him and say, listen, you want to be in the league next year, like you, and and he's got that kind of talent where next year could be his last season. Oh, here. sure. You're well, electric with the ball in your hands. You can catch it. You can run it. You do all that stuff. But this is something you have to do at the NFL. It's non-negotiable. These other two dudes that you played behind this year were were good at it. And this is just this is something you have to do for us. Well, Samson's a great running back. So if if I'm the head coach, I'm going to hold my assistant coaches responsible. I'm going to tell Willie Mack, hey, 
if you can't teach this kid to block, blocking, I think, is all about desire and technique. Would you agree with that, Bear? Yeah, but, I mean, right there, he it's obvious – He's a, he can figure out the, the technique part of it. that uh, kid, that talented Willie, knows how to do it. It's just having the mindset that this is something you have to do. That's something that's easy to teach. I would tell Willie Mike, you either teach this kid to block or I'm going to find me a new running backs coach. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think it has to be combative, but I, I do think it is fair to hold the running backs coach, in this case, accountable. Because Willie's right, it, it's that's his job is to coach up the player and develop that player. And that's an area of his job, of, of Dylan Sampson's game, that is lacking right now. And it's on Jerry Mack to improve that. I, I would agree with that assessment. I thought it was an effort thing yesterday. Mm. I don't, maybe, maybe he underestimated a couple of those guys at times. But the one where he got – subtle things. The though. one where he got blowed back and he just kind of throws a shoulder at the guy, like you can't you can't do that. Not, not against Iowa, not against SEC I, I think – that was uh, the shovel pass that just didn't work, didn't, and it should have for a huge game. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to chip, What right? messed up the timing was he didn't get a chip mm-hmm. on the linebacker who came free. So it's, it's just it's just the small stuff. But flat out, the reason that everybody rang, or, you know, rung their hands all year about Wyatt and Dylan Sampson starting in front of Jalen Wright, which I didn't get because Wright was one of the best running backs in the league this year, or Jabari, and it's – you know, it's a pass blocking thing. Well, I, the only thing I'm going to say about it is that should be something that's easy for the coach to correct. And if a coach can't correct it, I'd be looking at me another running backs coach. Oh, man, Willie, I, I love it when you, you come in in hot. The first call, 2024, kind of calling for a coach's head, but not really. I get it, man. Giving him a chance. I, I'm, I'm loving it, Willie. You're starting off 2024 strong, not like that chump Jamie Utah who can't decide whether or not he wants to take the bet and then wants to whine about it on Twitter to me. We had three flushes in a row, Russell. It's not fair. I hear you, Jamie. I see you. I just think that uh, a running back's coach should be able to teach his running back how to block. If you can't do that, I'll be looking for me another one. You guys have a good day. Thank you, Willie. You as well. Off to a rip-roaring start here in hour number two of the program. When we come back, Rick Butler of RockyTopInsider.com. He was Prince of Plano. Covering the game, Mr. Fabulous, the Nature Boy. Rick Butler, coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Dick's House. Back here on The Drive, Fan Run Radio. First show of the new year. First show with Houston Crest, the Vol Rumor Mill. Five-star talent acquisition out of the portal for the drive. Any regrets yet? Speaking of coach him up. It was under five. (laughs) 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 We categorize those screw-ups. Like, forget to turn on the microphone. Dead Air Bear told us. (laughs) It's my New Year's resolution. He he told us before the show. It's a good one. No dead air all year long. The very first segment. Going into break. I'm going to quote my good, close personal friend, 
Marcus Young and say, first of all, we had a, we had to get in what, my at defense, least seven seconds. It just I did have to completely debacle. reset the system because yeah. nobody's been in here uh-huh. for a week. You, you didn't have two hours and, to do that before the. Let's get uh, Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider, in here with us. Rick will get my back. Rick, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. I am not going to lie to you. I'm pretty exhausted right now. We've had one heck of a travel day, but back home, back in Knoxville, doing a little bit of work myself. First and foremost, want to welcome Houston Crest to the drive. That is a phenomenal transfer portal addition. Houston, welcome to the, the 1969 Oldsmobile that they call the drive here at uh, Fox Sports uh, Knoxville. Whoa, whoa, but, whoa. What, was what? that a shot? No. Was that that's a, a shot? Those cars were very no. reliable. Uh, that's a classic hot rod a damn, of a car, gentlemen. Oldsmobile was my first car. Uh, no, yeah, drop top. I knew that. Drop that's, top that's the reference I was making. No, it, it was a, my dad told, like, I think it was an Oldsmobile 88. That was in the year. That was, like, the model of the car. Was no, no, it was no, nice. no. Yeah. It was a silver da- total dad car with, like, um, you know, full-size sedan with red leather seats on the inside. Like, I, I was Those super stoked to were like borderline muscle cars. I was, I, I wouldn't call it that, but it, it, it was nice. It was nice. Rick, how does it feel to be the first fan run radio guest of 2024? It's a tremendous honor. Yeah, it is a tremendous honor. I had to, uh, I had to really kind of lobby for this position with Bear the last <laughs> couple of weeks. I texted him pretty much three times a day, every single day, four times on Sundays. Uh, but I'm really excited to be here talking with you guys. I'm sure we'll talk a lot of football. One thing that I want to mention, though, right right before we start everything, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet. I haven't gotten a chance to tune in to hour number one of the show. I don't even know if he wants to talk about it, but we kind of got to. Mm. Has Tucker mentioned the the flying um, the flying projectile story from the Citrus Bowl? What? Because I had a great angle of it, and I, it's a fantastic story. Tell me, there's footage, please. What there's a... not footage. Uh, not that we're aware of. Water. Um, it's footage of everything these days, you know. Somebody somewhere's got it. What, I, what what stupid thing did Tucker do? I took a football to the dome. A kicked football <laughs> to the dome. <laughs> when you say when you say halfway through football. the show and we're just learning that you took, I'm not a headshot. Well, listen, I was not the only one that took a football to the dome in the Tennessee beat core, um, but I was the first to have it happen to me. Who who kicked it? Like so, like are you saying like Turbyville or, or Campbell? One it of those was, guys. It was one you? of the two of them. I was hoping it was Tory Taylor. He was kicking in the opposite direction, though. An, so. an actual football. An actual like football. You could have been hurt. Yeah. Hey. From, <laughs> hey. From my angle, it was pretty good because we got a lot of pregame access. We pretty much got to roam around the field wherever we wanted, and of course, the quarterbacks they're warming up in the end zone right next to the goalpost. So that's where a lot of the media is congregating. The unfortunate part of that, though, is that's where the field goal kickers were kicking the direction of. They're kicking a couple. We're realizing that there's not a net back there. They're just flying into the stands. And at one point, one specific kick goes up. And out of the corner of my eye, I start tracking it, watch it fly through the air, and almost in slow motion. (laughs) I see Tucker in my peripheral vision, and I'm just thinking that there's a crash course coming. The ball comes down at the perfect angle. Tucker's right behind the field goal post. Three, two, one, boom. I'm pretty sure he took it right off the dome. He hit uh, the but ground? I will say, he Dalton he connected it, with no, your head. He took it like a champ. I mean, that ball might have flown off 50 yards the other direction. It, it took a bounce, but he took <laughs> it a like a head, champ. He, he knew what he was doing. He didn't falter. He didn't stumble. People were even maybe heckling a little bit from the crowd. <laughs> 
They were talking he, he trash talking you. Oh he my Rick god. Kept so going. I got to I got to give it to him. Rick did the, uh, now hold on. Did I'm guessing since you didn't get knocked the, <laughs> knocked the hell out. You got this. Spit it out, bear. Um I almost choked him on my can. <laughs> no, never mind. Did it must have hit you with like the side, like the point of that football didn't drill you, did it? Um, what longitude and latitude would uh, you say it, it hit on your? It hit probably somewhere in this oh, area. Man. Now, Rick, there is a friend of ours uh, that took it straight off the top of the head, and it deflected fifteen yards back. Now, who was that? When, when that happens, you gotta like because you gotta play it off. It probably hurts. Like you, there's probably a little part of you that kind of wants to cry. Maybe you have like a tear coming out, but. There's lots of people standing around. Everybody saw this happen, so you got to like walk around. Like, oh, that didn't hurt. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Face all swollen up. Meanwhile, you're looking to see if the medical tent has already been set up on one of the sidelines. Hey, you can go have you guys not seen that video? I've I've seen it a ton lately on on Twitter where there's like a lady sitting in the stands, the basketball game. Yeah, looking yeah. at her phone, not paying attention, and she's down low enough where it could happen, and a ball just. Breaks I've nose. never seen yeah. glasses disintegrate like that. Hey, Rick, the inflatable cheese it head was our version of an injury tent down there. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was. So not to not to harp on that story, but it was an incredible moment from the Citrus Bowl. And I will say, you know, it, it's quite the moment, but he took it like a champ. He represented the drive very well. The hard heads that you guys have over there, it was on full display. Many props to Tucker for just owning that moment. And uh, and just shaking it off, he he went right back to work like it was nothing. All right, Rick, I I, I hear the underhanded comment, you know the the no, little no, the, the hard head. The I'm, like I'm just saying. All I'm just I'm just gonna say. Remember where you come from, okay? Don't act like you're not one of us. I realize that you're jet-setting on the RTI private jet with Shumpert, and you feel like, oh, I'm a high and mighty. I'm Mr. Rick Butler, Mr. Fabulous, all that stuff. But you were once one of us, pal, okay? man? You're not. You're no higher up on the genetic uh, ladder than the rest of us dullards. Let's 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 bury the hatchet. We had some contentious moments at the end of 2023. I think the baseball season spurred that on. Let's bury the hatchet now in 2024. I've I've gotten a couple shots off, but from this point on, let's bury the hatchet. Let's be a family again. Let's talk a little football. A new leaf, a new leaf. All right, uh, Rick, your top two to three takeaways from the game: Tennessee's shutout win over Iowa in the Citrus Bowl yesterday. Well, I think number one, the first thing that comes to my head is when when they were kind of talking about who the media was going to vote for for Citrus Bowl MVP, there was a lot of discussion going around around my side of the table about if it was going to be Nico Iamaliava or if it was going to be James Pierce Jr. My first takeaway, and I know everybody wants to talk to quarterback. I'm not putting that to the side or anything, but I just continue to think about today how great James Pierce Jr. was in that game, how disruptive he was in that game. We can talk a lot about how Iowa's offense was really bad coming into this game, and they were extra bad on on yesterday during the game. But Iowa's defense, on the other hand, was not. This was a stout defense, no matter what kind of offseason storylines was going on. James Pierce Jr. just absolutely made mincemeat of them. I thought that he had a phenomenal game, and this is really something that I think, and Josh Heupel talked about this after the game as well, this is a major momentum boost for him personally heading into the next season, and I think that you're probably looking at him as maybe a defensive SEC Defensive Player of the Year candidate going into next year, but certainly the best overall player on Tennessee's defense going into that uh, season. I think he, he's lining himself up as a potential future first-round draft pick. He just really showed something, and it's funny to think about going back a year how 
James Pierce Jr. really wasn't talked about during the bowl game last year. He really wasn't even talked about too much at fall camp this year, but it was in those first couple games, especially against Virginia, where he had that coming out party. He continued that throughout the season and then was able to cap it off with that huge performance yesterday in the Citrus Bowl. I continue to just come back to, man, he was the best player out, out there on the field yesterday. He was the best player for Tennessee out there yesterday, and I really think the future is bright with Tennessee's defense because you have such an effective edge rusher off the edge uh, that he can he can do work with. So to me, takeaway number one is how great James Pierce Jr. was and how he's projecting for next season already. Also, you know, the Nico talk is that's going to be just off the charts. The the level of anticipation for this next season. Oh, you think so? I th- I think it it might come up. <laughs> it a time might or ramp two. up a little bit here yeah, and there. Yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty exciting though. Uh, it, we all had high expectations. For Nico, Rick, um, did he surpass your expectations with his performance yesterday? Yes, I think I can confidently say yes. Uh, Nico, was he perfect? No. But, you know, one of the things that I keep going back to was there were moments that that you feel like were maybe a couple missed opportunities throughout the game. Not a ton of mistakes throughout the game. He he did not put the ball in harm's way. I thought he made really good decisions about where he was going to uh, throw the ball and also when he was going to take off out of the pocket and sort of use his legs. But I thought there were a couple times where maybe there was a missed opportunity. I don't say that in a negative way, though. I say that in a way of, hey, this is a freshman quarterback playing his first four-quarter game and over a year dating back to high school, his first four-quarter game in the collegiate level, and he's playing a good Iowa defense as well. So if you leave that game thinking there's only real, really some missed opportunities instead of mistakes, I think that's one of the best building blocks and starting points that you can possibly have heading into that 2024 season. I was impressed with what he was able to do, and a lot of it was sort of stuff that we had seen in spurts throughout the season, sort of cleanup time, but cleanup time is obviously different than doing it on a big stage like the Citrus Bowl, doing it in a neutral site location where you do have to deal with some of the opposing fans in the stadium as well. I I really came away impressed, and again, was he absolutely perfect? No, I think there's plays that he probably wanted back, 12-19 for only 151 yards, but I don't even focus on the numbers too much. I really just focus on what he was doing in the game, how he was able to run the offense, and I think, and I'm sure you guys can agree with this, one of the most immediate noticeable things to me when Nico Iamaliava was at quarterback was that Tennessee was running with tempo again. That was obviously one of the main things that made Hendon Hooker's offense so successful, and that's actually one of the things that Iowa's defensive player talked about after the game. He said, hey, look, Tennessee's a challenging offense, but yeah, it's really hard to defend them when they're running a play every 10 to 15 seconds. I felt like Tennessee's offense was a little bit slower with Joe Milton this year, but you could tell that tempo was coming back with Nico, and I think that that is one of the most encouraging aspects when you're talking about this next season coming up is you're saying, hey, we know that Josh Heupel wants to run with, uh, run offense with tempo. We know that Josh Heupel is most effective when he can run that tempo, and I think we're, when you're talking about number eight and then Dylan Sampson back there, that's a unit that can run tempo from the backfield. That, to me, was one of the most encouraging parts. But uh, he did surpass my expectations. I don't know if they were insanely high or anything. I think I had fairly reasonable expectations going into the game. But I truly don't know how you can say, no, he didn't surpass expectations, unless you expected him to win the Heisman Trophy after that one game. So I was impressed with what he was able to do. But, again, Maybe I'm more anticipating what he's going to be able to do do next year just based on that performance. Nico finishes with a PFF grade of 82.9. 
yesterday, which is is very good. James Pierce graded out. What what do you think, Chris? Take a guess. What do you what do you think Pierce graded out at? Ninety six. Ninety five point four. Yeah. Wow. His stat line. His stat line was insane. Game wrecker. He's gonna be. I mean, he. he He's if if he's not the most disruptive defensive player in college football next year, I mean he's absolutely in the conversation. How are we going to keep all these guys happy? Like that's my, we we have the so this is the edge rushers coming in next year. You got Pierce and Josh Joseph. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Caleb Herring, yep. who was a four star, like one of the top players in the states. Like he's he needs to play. He needs to get on the field. And now you've got Jordan Ross, a five star added to the mix that's and then a couple other guys that yeah, play a little not, inside not, and outside I, like i'm kind of already just like shandavian bradley who was at one point a five star yep, yep. it was like uh, he's yep. not even in this conversation we can't play them all well yeah, yeah but I, I think go ahead bear i was just gonna say I, I think that they've got it it's just they've got a lot of competitive depth at that position we can rotate guys and oh it's a good problem to have yeah but it's, I, I think they'll yeah. figure out a way to keep them all happy yeah, competitive depth is a great way to put it, but I think that really kind of speaks towards a projection of, man, this is a Tennessee defensive unit that is going to want to get after the quarterback next year. And I think you can already tell that that is probably what their M.O. is going to be. And and in a lot of ways, that's what it's been over the last year or two as well, especially when they've been successful. But I think that's going to be what they do best, especially as you kind of break in this new secondary featuring these new cornerbacks, uh, featuring the, the, a new star position, new safeties. I think the the, the young and, and kind of rising secondary, I, I think that's sort of one of the ways to help them out a little bit is to say, hey, look, we understand that we might be a little bit lacking uh, experience back there, but we're only going to give the quarterback four to five seconds to throw the ball if that. I think this is definitely going to be a Tennessee unit that wants to attack the quarterback, wants to do that. And and I think we we say this with a grain of salt, right? Ultimately, Deacon Hill playing quarterback for Iowa yesterday was, what, a 270-pound tree with roots in the ground. That was a guy who was not able to move out of the pocket. He was not going to extend plays. And if you think about the 2023 season, who, what type of quarterbacks really gave Tennessee trouble, and that was mobile quarterbacks. So I don't think that, that this game was, you know, it, it was a different game than Tennessee had been playing all year. This was not Jalen Milrow. This was not a Spencer Rattler. This was not some of the other other more mobile quarterbacks that Tennessee had played throughout the year. This was one that they were able to really pin their ears back and, and go after the quarterback. But I definitely think that you can see all this competitive depth right there heading into next year and saying, this could be what Tennessee's M.O. is, is to get to the quarterback as quick as possible, rotate these guys in, and multiple guys on Tennessee's defense has a chance to get to the quarterback on any given play just based on the talent that they have in that room. Nature Boy Rick Butler, Rocky Top Insider, with us this afternoon on the program. Uh, Rick, uh, real quickly here, off-season priorities for Josh Heupel. Obviously, the portal is still open. You have the late signing period, spring practice. What are the two or three things that Heupel has to get done so that Tennessee can be in position to make a 12-team college football playoff next year? Yeah, I think one of the biggest two things is naming two guys who we've seen Tennessee have in the past, and that's Javante Spragans and Brew McCoy. I think that if Tennessee is able to return both of those players to the team next year, 
A, for Brew McCoy, that's just a massive target that Tennessee and, and Nico Iamaliava is going to have for next year. And according to a report from On3 Sports today, it looks like maybe Tennessee's backing off a little bit on Evan Stewart out of the transfer portal. I do not know this information for sure. I am speculating here, make that known. But I want to say that, hey, if Tennessee's backing off on a guy from the transfer portal, a talented wide receiver, maybe that leads you to believe that they might be thinking that Brew McCoy is coming back next year. Maybe they have some type of word already from him again. This is speculation. But I think that having Brew McCoy back and then having Javante Spragans back to really complete that, that veteran, experienced, stout, uh, uh, big, tough offensive line right there to give Nico protection. I think that's one of your biggest priorities is figuring out a way to get both of them back, making that announcement sometime soon. Look, you saw in the game yesterday what Tennessee was able to do with a patched-up, banged-up offensive line. There were a lot of plays where Nico was scrambling for his life. I think Iowa finished. I've got the stats right here. It looks like Iowa had six sacks on the day, six tackles for loss, and that was because there was some patchwork in Tennessee's offensive line. We know that's not the offensive line going into next season, and if Tennessee can get Javante Spragans back, the type of dog that he is on the offensive line, I think that's a major step forward for him as well. So to me, getting those two guys back, bringing them back, figuring out a way to get them back on the team, that is a massive priority for Tennessee here in these early stages. But I also think it's just continuing to work the transfer portal. You look back at what Tennessee was able to do after the Orange Bowl last year, and that's where they picked up Gabe Judy Lolly. That's where they picked up Keenan Peely. So I definitely don't think that things are over for Tennessee by any stretch. Who knows what could happen and shake out over the next couple weeks. But I think that that is certainly a a time for Tennessee to really evaluate what they have, to talk to some of their players, figure out what they're going to do, but to really kind of put your final touches on this transfer portal class, get the guys you need to come in uh, and, and get them in the building. Otherwise, Man, it's just getting guys comfortable with each other. There's going to be a lot of new, fresh faces on the field. You want to get them reps with each other. You want to get that communication down so that it's not a a brand-new thing going right into fall camp. And then, of course, you talk with Nico. Just get him as many reps as you can with some of these receivers that you're bringing in, especially guys like a Chris Brazell and maybe more players that Nico didn't get to play with much, if at all, last season and really get them on the same page. I think that Tennessee's got a lot of talent on the roster right now. But we also know that there's going to be some good transition at different spots in the, in, the, in the roster. So I think, to me, those are a couple of the first things that stands out to my head. But certainly looking at Brew McCoy and Javante Spragans as two massive names that are still out there on the board that Tennessee can make waves with if they get them to return to the team next season. All right, and finally, Rick, last thing here. We already got your thoughts on Houston joining the drive. Uh, you approve. What are your thoughts on one of your bosses? Bob Baskerville, the <laughs> Hound, joining Fan Run Radio, yeah. hosting as a host of our morning program, debuting next week with John Reed, the Fan Run Morning Show, Mondays, uh, well, uh, every weekday from what seven to ten, right here yes. on Fan Run. Yes, Bobby. Yes, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I have an alarm set so I can make sure to wake up and 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 be nice and caffeinated for that debut show. I couldn't be more excited for it. To all the, the great listeners of Fan Run Radio, what you're getting in Bob Baskerville is an absolute and bona fide professional. This guy knows what he's talking about. He knows how to, uh, um, he knows how to talk about what he knows about. And he's just, again, an overall professional. He's a great dude. He knows his stuff. He knows Tennessee in and out. He's got lots of people that he talks to throughout the week, throughout all the right. month, the, that he's the collecting information. He's a pro. You're embarrassing. I'm talking to the listeners. Oh. They need to know. They, they need to know, but uh, 
No doubt it will be a massive improvement over the clowns that used to inhabit hmm. that that seven to ten slot here on Fanner in the past couple of years. Yeah, there's, oh. there's, Fascinating. There was a little bit of beef between there back <laughs> in the day. I wonder if there's any lingering elements of that that will uh, play out here of the next couple debut weeks of the new look drive. I wonder. <clears throat> it's uh, it's. You were like, talking about me, were you? No, oh no, no, no! I, I forgot you were over there. I, I just, I, I just have already accepted you so much into the fold. Fair. I, yes. I kind of forget that you were once loosely affiliated. <laughs> With that morning show that is now defunct. But will f- forever live on in our hearts, I'm sure. Rick, uh, we appreciate you, my friend. Happy New Year. Thanks for jumping on with us. Go check them out. RockyTopInsider.com. Rick Butler, one more time. Thanks, man. Thank you guys very much. Enjoy the new show. I can't wait to be listening. I'm going to go take a nap, uh, but we'll see you all back for Tennessee basketball tonight, and then hopefully we'll get to talk soon as well. So good luck with everything going forward, and Happy New Year to you guys as well. Thank you, Rick. Rick Butler, uh, fresh back from the – you didn't invite him on the fan run private What did either. you guys do down there? Everyone, I'm so tired. Oh. What were you guys really it, doing? It, I mean, is it the crew I'm, I'm picturing in my head? I well, know. Tucker did fly back. Like he's, yeah. I'm sure he's tired, but did Rick fly? Or, <laughs> that sounded I, like a man who drove. I See, I don't know what exactly it was he did. Because, I, I mean, I, I flew back and got like five hours of sleep and drove back here. Flew into Nashville. I don't know exactly was he did. Yeah, I, I think you need some. Uh, your, a nap. You guys, yeah, you yeah. guys. They went to the bowl game, man. That it doesn't help that I got decapitated by a football either. Are you concussed? Do you think you might? Are you in maybe protocol? a nap's not a good idea. I think I'm fine. I think I'm, I'm, totally I'm telling fine. you. After I went to the Sugar Bowl, I can drive. I'm good. <laughs> the, the last time Tennessee was in hours it, to get here. And like literally, I, I couldn't. I, I lost my voice for like three weeks after I came back. Oh, you from flew that. to Nashville and then yeah, here. Oh. exactly. <laughs> Why'd you do that? It's free. He's pretty worn out. I'm so refreshed, man. After taking the week, like I, I didn't I did. even know how much I needed that week off, and it, it took I like knew. the first couple of days. Like I was just, I didn't do anything, man. Just hung out around the house, and it wasn't until like Friday or Saturday I was like, okay. I'm good now. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to get back yeah. after it. Like I was pretty roached, man. I watched a ton, and I mean a ton of TV. Me too. I've been binge watching watch movies, show. TV. Read, read some book. I read a, I read a really good book about the Donner Party. Have you ever gone down that rabbit hole? Nah. Like really That's down a that very rabbit hole? Dark. Because you realize it's a great that, holiday. It, 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 <laughs> it did not. Really nice. The the circumstances like they made just like one really dumb mistake, right? They got some really bad advice. They made a really bad mis- – like, they were basically a day late on a six-month trip. Like, if they were just one day ahead or if they just stuck to the regular trail, they went would have made it through without any problem. But they just couldn't get through the, this pass where they were at in the mountains. Right. And they were stuck there. And then, like, there were, like, 60 of them and, like, 15 decided we have to go for help or we're going to be stuck and they thought it was going to be like a six or seven day trip and it turned into like a month ordeal and they had to eat people so like the people who left like the 15 who left ended up having to eat people like two or three of them died and they ate the people and then like the 40 or so people who were like encamped around this lake at the pass that they couldn't get out of like that was just hell on earth and a lot of women and children they yeah Yeah, half half of them died and they had to eat they had to eat people that's uh that's that's enough macabre 
You gotta do what you gotta do. Wow. Yeah, whatever. <coughs> but the book was good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, the some good light holiday reading, right? The stars above. The indifferent stars above. Hmm. Is the name of it. Dark. Stay with us. The drive continues. More fan run radio coming up. The drive. Getting confirmation from RTI management that Rick did fly back. So they, they flew too. Yeah, Rick parties hard, man. I, he's not cut from the same yeah. stuff as, as a Tucker Harlan, he though. Didn't, who, he didn't fly out as soon as I did. He flew to Nashville and then drove back. Rick well, flies back on the RTI private jet, and he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I can't. It's high maintenance. I can't even believe that I'm here with you guys doing radio now. I haven't been able to listen. I got to take. Tired. Uh, got to take exception with that, guys. I mean, it's Rick Butler. It's one of the hardest working men in show business. I thought he brought it. He was pretty good. First factual and what furious. did you learn? Not a lot. <laughs> I kind of zoned out if we're going to be into truthful. You're telling me how good he was, and you you can't give me one single takeaway. I mean, you know how this is. I have that problem with forming like it was two minutes ago, Bear. Yeah, but I'll remember it two days from now. You you don't you have this misunderstanding of of. Oh, I I think I understand. Uh, I don't I don't think there's a lot of depth to cut through there. His, my biggest takeaway of Rick was, I, I asked him, off-season priorities. Well, why don't you ask Houston? It's his first day. Maybe he wasn't paying Houston, attention. Houston, did you learn anything? I learned that Nico exceeded Rick's there expectations. That's, 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 see, he, he listened and well, I thought you were going to take, you know, whatever take he had. Nico exceeded his expectations, and he thinks the number one priority for Hypel right now is securing Brew and Sprague's. Oh, their I thought returns. Sprague's was done. I, I, I thought he was definitely coming back, so it I guess we're I don't way think off. it's been announced, but okay. I, I've heard that Brew is pretty much 90% done. He's just waiting to drop his graphic or whatever. And, done to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And and Sprague's is... Uh, Negotiating? I, I, yeah, I haven't, heard any, I haven't heard anything that tells me that he's going. He's nasty. I want him back yes. probably the most. Yes. Tone setter. Him, him and Cooper right mm-hmm. next to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, here, here's the thing. Can you guarantee him that if he comes back, it's going to – what's the upside for him to improve his, his draft? Spragans? Yeah. it's a good question. If he stays know. healthy, I think so. How much better does he get? Yeah, I mean, that that would be – I would imagine what – Yeah, he did have – it wasn't like – he didn't have an ACL, but he had a knee injury that – I thought he had the, a couple, like – not had, a couple knee injuries, but didn't he have a shoulder too at one point? Hmm. He got he got pretty he got pretty rolled up. On. He got, yeah, 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 the big yeah. one was he got rolled up on. So I I wonder if he's thinking you know what I'm not going to be a hundred percent. I've got this knee injury for the combine. Let's come back. I'm sure UT paying him six figures. I'm sure good chunk of change. And he comes back and and hopefully makes it through the season healthy and is able to go to the combine or pro days whatever as healthy as he can be. Yeah, try and get some type of. Uh, it's a big pickup, man. Insurance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a dude. He's one of my favorites of the Hypel era. So yeah. Far. Yeah, I know. I wish Mincy would put as much effort forth yes. as uh, Spragans does. I just hope he doesn't end up being one of those guys that we look at after they leave. and Like a Derek Rogers. 
had all the physical tools in the world to be really, really good at, at this. Who's and, this? Spragans? No. Mince. Mince. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That comparison adds up. Just mm-hmm. can't get out of their own way yeah. type of thing. Yeah. I mean, did got physically, he's he's a pro level talent. Physically. Coming up, hour number three of the program, much more on the Citrus Bowl, much more on my fan-run fantasy football championship, much more on – We've only scratched the surface oh, yeah, there. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, we really haven't broken down the game. You go back and watch some of the film. Line by line. Uh, I mean, he, he moved. I have a couple of guests coming on. Uh, he, he could n- move no further away than he did unless he went to Hawaii. I mean, he, he moved to the Pacific Ocean after – Running them out of town. (laughs) Running them out of town. You know. Stay with us. It's hour number three of The Drive. Up next right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Is your home's extension?